Smith, an HP Lovecraft podcast where a person reads a HP Lovecraft story with a, a person or two and we discuss it. Um, with me today is a uh, German U-boat captain, Faith. Hello, it's me. You're supposed to say like, jaw. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, I am the captain of the U-boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> das Boot. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, so as always, if you want to just hear someone read the story, um, we will have an audiobook coming out on the same day. Um, but uh, to get into it, we are going to be talking about the temple. Ooh. Ah. Um. Now, this is a, uh, this was one of the last, last ones he wrote in 1920, which 1920 is, let me tell you, a very prolific year for him. Um, is he done like how many stories in 1920? I want to say like the almost oh my a lot, like close to, it has to be so... close to 10. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, this was a really long... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> so, but yeah, the 1920 is... Um, it was... And it was first published in the pulp magazine Weird Tales, issue number 24, in September 1925. Um, now, Faith uh, has a book that actually has a little bit of a... A little bit of a blurb about it so mm -hmm. I'll, I'll throw it over to faith all right so in this edition it says the longest story of lovecraft's early career the temple was apparently written in the latter half of 1920 like we were just talking about possibly august 20th the, a date cited in the tale and lovecraft's 30th birthday oh it is marred by somewhat clumsy and obvious satire against the german protagonist of the tale and also a plethora of supernatural details that do not seem to fuse into unity, but its portrayal of the narrator's gradual descent into madness is powerful. It was the first of Lovecraft's stories to not appear in an amateur journal prior to its publication in a professional venue. And like we said, it was first published in Weird Tales. Uh, hmm. So he wrote this on his birthday. Oh, well. Happy birthday? I don't know. Is that Most... why it's so long? <laughs> Turns out, um, he he had a birthday party that no one came to, and uh, he was just <laughs> it's like, just well, "I'm slowly descending into madness, and also the inherent eroticism of the sea is calling to me." <laughs> so, <laughs> also those pesky Germans. Yeah. Um. So. I will say, we'll have to figure, we'll have to, you know, discuss it as we go. But I'd like to know why there was a lot of bizarre occurrences that do not seem to unify to a coherent whole. Um, I'd like to know how that's different from 
a lot of bizarre occurrences. I was gonna say. That, so, so like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, supernatural stuff and bizarre occurrences often don't make a lot of sense, even together, unless you're specifically telling yeah. a spooky story. Yeah, that's right. A- yeah, yeah. It like, feels like unless there's a specific narrative, those things really shouldn't like fit together in any way. Probably, I think. At no. least, in re- like I've never experienced a plethora of supernatural um, circumstances, but that's just me. <laughs> like I just imagine. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Maybe someone having a slow descent into madness doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's almost like that's what madness is. Like, right? Crazy. Like, I, yeah. I, like, it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we will agree. Maybe. I just think yes. that they're being pretty hard on something that is going <laughs> yeah, to become like, a standard well, thing well, in this his guy go- This dude descending into madness sure doesn't make any sense, huh, guys? <laughs> Like, can you imagine if someone said that about color out of space? Oh, there was a bunch of bizarre coincidences that happened and occurrences. <laughs> they don't really seem to make a lot of sense when put together in Supernatural. Like, I'm, like you could say that about so many things. You could say about Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Like, you know what's real bizarre? Like, a hidden Cthulhu with a boat, and you're just mo- falling over and being like, well, I'm going back to sleep. That's real weird. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, Shadow over Innsmouth? Oh, wait, there's a bunch of, like, cult people who look like half fish people like oh i better get out <laughs> like there's there's so i'm okay i'm you know what this is this is just me being nitpicky maybe just maybe they're completely right i'm just saying <laughs> I yeah maybe like, we'll read this and we'll be like nah never mind they were right <laughs> maybe i'm just i i just from what i know is that it's it's set under sea and we're gonna see some like you know erotic sea stuff, and by that I mean spooky stuff that causes madness, but also pleasure that a human <laughs> that a human can never understand. So we'll go into it, I guess. Now the temple by H.P. Lovecraft. On August 20th, 1917, I, Karl Heinrich, Graf von Altenberg Ehrenstein, Lieutenant Commander of the Imperial German Army and in charge of the submarine U-29, deposit this bottle and record in the Atlantic Ocean at the point, to me unknown, but probably in the north latitude, 20 west longitude, 35. When my ship lies disabled on the ocean floor, I do so because of my desire to set certain unusual facts before the public. A thing I shall not, in all probability, survive to accomplish in person, since the circumstances surrounding me are as menacing as they are extraordinary, that involve not only the hopeless crippling of the U-29, but the impairment of my iron German will in a manner most disastrous. I will say, that is a very tasty uh, paragraph. I am very interested. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, why, why is this guy on the bottom of the ocean? Why, why is he making a, b- a bottle? Why is he putting a bottle he's, up there? Like, he's putting, you know, a message in a bottle. Yeah, like, I mean, this is pretty cool. I don't know. Like, I'd, like if this was at the beginning of, like, a video game, I'd be like, ooh, cool. Maybe I get to do spooky undersea stuff later. Ooh. Ooh. Actually, no, that'd be cool. We'll have to read through this, and I'll... It, we'll, we'll see if we could... Okay, here's a possible segment, depending on how long stuff goes. I would like to see if we can pitch, like, a, like a spooky video game. Ooh. Like how, like how you would do a spooky video game version. Because I feel like a lot of Lovecraft stories could be a spooky video game. Like, may, some people would probably call it, like, walking simulators, but something like that. You know, like Amnesia or something like that, where you're basically just walking through spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll look, well, I don't know. We'll try that out. We'll yeah. try that out. So, By the way, I looked up uh, North Latitude 20 degrees and West Longitude 35 degrees, and it's, like, just literally in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> well, that's definitely an area that is not easy to find. No. <laughs> Especially since it's there's not even there's no like uh, I think it's called like minutes or seconds or whatever like there's no like point blah 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 so you're just yeah. like wow this is a thousand miles of open sea of nothing yep oh boy so <clears throat> on the afternoon of June 18th as reported by wireless to the U61 bound for Hill. We torpedoed the British freighter Victory, New York to Liverpool, in north latitude 45 degrees, 16 minutes, west longitude 28, 34 minutes, permitting the crew to leave in boats in order to obtain a good cinema view for the Amherty records. The ship sank quite picturesquely, bow for first. Bow first in the stern, rising high out of the water, whilst the hole shot down perpendicularly in the bottom of the sea. Our camera missed nothing, and I regret that so fine a reel of film shall never reach Berlin. After that, we sank the lifeboats with our guns and submerged. They're, they're talking about war crime with the lifeboats. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's good old war crime. That's that's just one of them them dangled little war crimes. It's okay. War crimes didn't matter. War crimes still don't matter. War crimes have never mattered. I was gonna say it still. It's mattered. It mattered in one instance, and that was because the Germans were meticulous about record keeping. That was the only time it mattered. If the Germans didn't, (laughs) they were like, "Oh boy, look at all these war crimes we committed," (laughs) and everybody else was like, "Hey, wait a minute." Hey, wait, why do you write that down? <laughs> now we have to do something about it. We, <laughs> no, we found- you wrote it all down. You wrote it in great detail. Like, maybe did you do it on accident? Nope, it says right here, we did it on purpose. Yep, we have. We did it as a triplicate, in fact. Um, here's, a picture we- of, here's a picture of me after somebody asked me if this was a war crime and we should do it, and I'm doing a thumbs up. Also, um, we also filmed us doing it while narrating in real time. It's... I'm just saying, like, we are real good at record keeping. <laughs> here's, here's me, uh, back when we, right after we did this war crime, saying, 
boy, I sure do love doing war crimes. Like, war crimes have never mattered, um, and they're being they're being committed constantly. If you if you want to get banned from the uh, e esport army esports team, just mention war crimes, and they will ban you <laughs> within seconds. <laughs> But okay, so one of my favorite things, uh, so I, because people are doing like fake speed runs, like you know speed runs, any any band of, of the of the arm of the army esports uh, team Discord, and uh-huh. one person one person was just like, "Hey, I just got finished. Uh, I just got finished carpet bombing a, a bunch of Afghani uh, Afghani weddings. Uh, what are you guys up to?" <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Oh my god! Oh, oh man! Ooh, ooh! I should laugh Oof. about this, but it's it's so tragic. It's hard to do anything else. Yeah. Ugh. So, if we weren't laughing, we'd be in such a deep despair. <laughs> oh, we'd be crying. <laughs> but yeah, uh, look up some of those videos. People are real funny about mentioning war crimes. Oh yeah, and talking about how the how the military. Uh, Mainly focuses on like the poor and disenfranchised, so they can have meats, meat for the meat grinder. It turns out the military is bad. We should defund at least half of it and give it to other places. Yep. We'd still have the largest standing army. I know. In the world. Funny how. By several works. times of the next country down. It's really the only reason why we haven't been invaded because we put so much, because we have such a big standing army. Yeah. Jesus. Um, okay, so. Speaking of someone who was, I guess, beaten by us, uh, Germans. Um, we only took a lot of them in for NASA. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yep. <sighs> I love it when uh, batshit conspiracy theories are actually true. I know. Same thing with um, a lot of Japanese war criminals did the same thing. Yep. We were like, wow, you actually discovered a lot of medical science when you're doing these horrible things to these poor people. Hey, you want to live in the U.S. for the rest of your life? We promise we will intern you when World War II comes around. Oh, my God. That was after World War II. That already happened. Oh, oh, that was after. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least they got here after the internment. Um, Christ. America sucks. It really does. We've always sucked. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Mm-hmm. Okay. S- speaking of um, Germans, when we when we rose to the surface about sunset, a seaman's body was found on the deck, hands gripping the railing in a curious fashion. The p- poor fellow was young, rather dark, very handsome, probably Italian or Greek, and undoubtedly of the uh, Victory's crew. He evidently sought refuge on the very ship which was forced to destroy his own. One more victim for the unjust war of aggression, which the English pig dogs were raging against the fatherland. Our men searched him for souvenirs and found a very odd bit of ivory carved to represent a youth's head crowned in laurels. A fellow officer, Lieutenant Clins. Believed it to believe that the thing was of great age and artistic value, so took it from the men for himself. 
how it had ever come to the possession of a common sailor, neither he nor or I could imagine. I like how this guy like kind of gets horny about this like dead sailor. Like, yeah. Like, wow. It's very <laughs> he's like, handsome. He's like, damn, he was real good looking. What a shame. Like, <laughs> like the rigor mortis set up in a certain way that his abs were like flexing the entire time. And like, it was just like, like, damn, if he was moving, it'd be like real hot. I also like how this other dude, like all the sailors are like, wow, look at this amazing piece of art. And this other dude is like, mine. It's nine. mine. Mine. <laughs> it's mine. It's none of yours. It's mine now. No take backsies. Yeah. <laughs> As the dead man was thrown overboard, there occurred two incidences which created much disturbance amongst the crew. The fellow eyes had been closed, but in the dragging of his body to the rail, they were jarred open, and many seemed to entertain a queer delusion that they gazed steadily and mockingly at Smith and Zimmer, who were bent over the corpse. The boatswain, Muley, an elderly man, who would have known better if he had not been a superstitious Alstanian swine, became so excited by this expression that he watched the body in the water and sworn after it sank a little bit, it drew its limbs into a swimming position and sped away to the south under the waves. Cleanse and I did not like this display of peasant ignorance and severely reprimanded the men, particularly Muller. I, okay, I really don't mean to, like, interrupt myself after every paragraph, but there's something to pick apart at each one. Yeah, <laughs> there really is. <laughs> so, okay. So, first off, like, this was of the era of War, World War II. I mean, War One was in the era where there was a lot of um occult belief was yes. very strong. Um if I'm remembering this correctly, this would have been during the Weimar Republic. 19 that's right. Yeah, I think so. It's the end of the Weimar Republic at least. Yeah, it's it's the end of the Weimar Republic. I think it ended because of the really bad um that pretty much started the whole um <laughs> A uh, Nazi party coming to power. No, this was actually right before the Weimar Republic. Oh, this was right right before. Okay. So this would have been around the time where I'm going to be doing a lot of studying for. Mm -hmm. um, and for Creepy Critters, where I talk about the occult beliefs that led to a lot of the modern day uh, white supremacy. Which, by the way, some of them does involve uh, angels fucking animals. Um, so, if you wonder why white supremacists are so dumb, because of that. Part of it, anyway. Uh. There you go. And I like how the, the superstition that Muller would display would have actually became some of the more popular stuff with the, the, the Prussian gentry, I should say. Yep. No, yeah, um, definitely. And I find it very interesting, uh, that they would, that they would, uh, say that. The next day was a very troublesome situation. The next day, a very troublesome situation was, was created by the indisposition of some of the crew. They were evidently suffering from the nervous strain of our long voyage and had some bad dreams. Several seemed quite dazed and stupid, and after satisfying myself that they were not feigning their weakness, I excused them from their duties. The seas were rather tough, and we 
descended to a depth where the waves were less troublesome. Here we were comparatively calm, despite somewhat puzzling southward current, which we cannot identify from our oceanographic charts. The moans of the sick men were decidedly annoying, but since they but since they did not appear to demoralize the rest of the crew, we did not resort to extreme measures. It was our plan to remain where we were and intercept the liner Dacia, mentioned in the information from the agents of New York. In the evening, we rose to the water and found the sea less heavy. The smoke of the battleship was on the northern horizon, but our distance and ability to submerge made us safe. What worried us more was the talk of the boatswain Muller, which grew wilder as night came on. He was in a detestably childish state and babbled of some illusions of dead bodies drifting past the undersea portholes, bodies which looked to him intensely, in which he recognized in spite of bloating as having seen the dying during some of our victorious German exploits. Yes, because that's how you do it. You, yeah. you call them by what you're, you call your exploits by the nationality they were. Yes. The you don't German say my, not our exploits. You know, the German exploits. The German exploits. You know, like when you make a really good sausage, it's a German yeah. victory. <laughs> it's, it's a German victory and exploit. And he said that the young man we had found and tossed overboard was their leader. This was gruesome and abnormal. So we confined Muller in irons and had him soundly whipped. The men were not pleased at his punishment, but discipline was necessary. We also denied the request of a delegation headed by the seaman Zimmer that the curious carved ivory head be cast into the sea. On June 20th, seaman Baum and Smith who had been ill the day before, became violently insane. I regretted that no physician was included in our complement of officers, since German lives are precious. But the constant, but the constant ravings, but the constant ravings of the two con concerning a terrible curse were most diverse. were most subversive of discipline, so drastic steps were taken. The crew accepted the events in a sudden fashion, but it seemed to quiet Muller, who thereafter gave us no trouble. In the evening we released him, and he went about his duty silently. In the week, in the week that followed, we were all very nervous, watching for the Dacia. The tension was aggravated by the disappearance of Muller and Zimmer, who undoubtedly committed suicide as a result of the fears that had seemed to harass them, though they were not observed in the act of jumping overboard. Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know I know submarines can be above water and below water. Okay. Mm -hmm. They never mentioned going up. So See? Oh, they did. It was just a long time ago. Okay. So, okay. Because, it was like, just if, like three paragraphs ago that they're like, yeah, we came to the surface, but... Oh! Yeah, I kind of assumed that they had gone under again. 
So like, so like, what I was thinking, like when they said they committed suicide and jumping overboard, be like, so they opened the hatch or just went to the sea? <laughs> That'd be a way to go. Oh my god! Like I'm just saying, like if you're like that deep under the sea, like that'd be a way to commit suicide. That would be, damn. And I would assume that they would have like one of those little little spaces where you can go into the water without like getting the the u-boat all filled up with water yeah that would make sense if there's like a or like an airlock is that yeah. the right word yep yeah. airlock between yeah, it th- and the that would be also be a like a way to because like they in in like space stuff like especially by the way if you haven't watched it the expanse is very good um yes but that you know they always they always call it like space or whatever where they open up the airlock like, what would you call that? What would you call it if you just opened up the airlock when you're under the sea in a in like a submarine? Would you call it seed? <laughs> wetted. <laughs> they they we, were they wetted. moisted. They were moisted. <laughs> they were we made them extremely wet and then they died because their <laughs> lungs had too much wet in it. <laughs> we watered them. <laughs> <laughs> but that'd also be a gnarly way to kill someone. Damn. I'll oh, put that, that was- I'll put that on the list of possible deaths for myself. So okay. in an olive garden, in a hole in the ground in some spooky ancient tomb, all of uh Randolph Carter and <laughs> drowned in a U-boat. So I would I would like to propose this. Yes. You need to become independent and wealthy, first yes. off. Okay. You need to make the first Olive Garden in a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> now, this would turn into a murder-suicide. <laughs> but technically, no one can do anything about it because you're in a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Welcome to my gimmicky Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear your family, I'm definitely not trying to kill myself at Olive Garden. <laughs> this is my gimmicky Olive Garden that I built so I could kill myself in a really rad manner. <laughs> Can you imagine the headlines? <laughs> Person committed murder suicide by drowning in underwater Olive Garden. <laughs> Everybody who know me will be like. That's how she wanted to go. I don't know why everybody went to that restaurant. <laughs> we kept telling them. Like, don't go. She literally <laughs> says every other day that she will kill herself in an Olive Garden. <laughs> in a submarine. <laughs> At first we were like, whatever. It's just silly. But then she made a submarine with an Olive Garden in it. <laughs> so I will, I will put this forward for you. Uh-huh. How about... How about you do a double whammy? Okay. 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 So you make an under... So to throw people off, you talk about how you want to kill yourself in in an olive garden, but also a submarine. Okay? Uh Uh-huh. And people are like, wow. Like, they mention that a lot, and they just made the first submarine with an olive garden, a fully functional olive garden in it. Okay? But here... Is where you trick people. You do that, the submarine's perfectly fine. You actually make a Zeppelin that's actually filled with <laughs> hydrogen. 
with an all garden as well. And you oh, do a Hindenburg shit. too, but with an olive garden. Oh shit. <laughs> Fuck. So like, damn, her lungs were full of water and breadsticks. Well, no, 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 no. You do it. No, you kill yourself in the airborne Olive Garden. While everyone's uh. just like, oh, you know, the thing is, Hindenburg actually didn't kill that many people. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You. So, but, but you'd have to you'd have to do it in a more spectacular way. Uh, but you do need to die in a, the first <laughs> Zeppelin with the Olive Garden in it. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> Again, a murder suicide. But or or even better. Okay, sorry. I'm I'm just double I'm tripling down on this. <laughs> You're in the Zeppelin and you have a body double in the oh, submarine. Shit. Oh shit. <laughs> so everyone's just like, and then both of you die. <laughs> so they don't know who actually died. They don't know. So it's weird because it's like, wow. Oh my god. And then my cause of death can be like died in an olive garden in a submarine and an olive garden in a zeppelin. Or they think that you actually had a long lost twin. <gasps> that or pretending to be you. Or there'll be a conspiracy theory about the person who died oh, in two it. olive gardens oh, at the same shit. time. What in the air, what in the sea? Yes. Yes. And I'll leave, like, a record behind with a mysterious message that can only be deciphered when playing it backwards. Ooh. <laughs> now, now, is it is it better than my idea of getting hiring three different hitmen to kill me in the same area, public area? No, After, because that's really good. <laughs> no, no, that one's way better. But, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> but, I mean, yours will be, like, a mystery. Like, first off, why why did you make an Olive Garden, a submersible island <laughs> Olive Garden? Why? <laughs> when you're here, you're family, and also part of my murder-suicide pact with only me. <laughs> it turns out this is a one-party consent state, and you're, all of you are going with me. <laughs> We're in international waters, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> also, you can eat as many breadsticks as you want. I'll let, I'll let you get full. We'll have a party, but also all of us are going to die in this Olive Garden. <laughs> I'll make sure that they're like people who definitely need to die. <laughs> okay, it could be like the end of Inglorious Bastards, so you need to yes. invite a bunch of like world leaders. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why a world leader would go to an underwater Olive Garden, but you can try. <laughs> I'll I'll also in the process of becoming independently wealthy, will become a socialite. And hang with a bunch of world leaders. I'll be like, come to my submarine olive garden. It'll be great. And they'll be like, isn't that where you talked about you always wanted to die? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, sure. Okay, let's talk about something else. Okay. <laughs> no, don't even say no. Like, be like, well, I heard you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> How's your wife doing? Like, never, never deny it. But yeah. never confirm it either. Yeah. <laughs> Just bring it up in conversation enough that people know about it, but they think you're joking. Just leave like a good 10 seconds of silence between that and the next thing you say, which is completely unrelated. They're like, didn't you always want to die in a submarine and an olive garden? And you just like stare at them for a while and you're just like, how are the kids doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh, okay. They're like great. <laughs> oh, 
was rather glad to be rid of Muller, for even his silence had unfavorably affected the crew. Everyone seemed to be inclined to be silent now, as though holding back a secret fear. Many were ill, but none made a disturbance. Lieutenant Clins chafed under the strain and was annoyed by the merest trifles, such as a school of dolphins gathered by the U-29 in increasing, in increasing numbers in the growing intensity of the southward current, which was not on our chart. At length, it became apparent that we missed Darcia altogether. Such failures were not uncommon. We were more pleased than disappointed. Since our return to Wilhelm's Haven was now in order. At noon, June 28th, turn northeastward, despite some rather comical entanglement with the unusual masses of dolphins which were soon on their way. The explosion in the engine room at 2 p.m. was wholly a surprise. No defect in the machinery or carelessness in the men had been noticed, yet without warning the ship was racked from end to end with a colossal shock. Lieutenant Clins hurried to the engine room, finding the fuel rack and most of the mechanism scattered. Engineer Rabbi and Schneider instantly killed. Our situation had become grave indeed, for though the chemical air regenerators were intact, though we could still use the devices for raising and submerging the ship and opening the hatches as long as the compressed air and storage batteries might hold out, we were powerless to propel or guide the submarine. To seek rescue on lifeboats would be to deliver us to the hands of the enemy, unreasonably embittered against our great German nation. And our wireless had failed ever since the victory affair to put us in touch with a fellow U-boat of the Imperial Navy. From the hour of the incident till July 2nd, we drifted constantly to the south with almost no plans and encountering no vessel. Dolphins still encircled the U-29. Somewhat remarkable circumstance, considering the distance we had covered. On the morning of July 2nd, we sighted a warship flying American colors, and the men became very restless in their desire to surrender. Finally, Lieutenant Clins had to shoot a seaman named Trabay, urged this un-German act with special violence. This quieted the crew for some time, and we submerged unseen. The next morning, a dense flock of seabirds appeared from the south, and the ocean began to heave ominously. Closing our hatch, we awaited developments until we realized that we must either submerge or be swamped by the mooring. We must either submerge or be swamped by the mounting raves. Our air pressure and electricity were diminishing, and we were wishing to avoid all necessary use of our slender mechanical resources. But in this case, there was no choice. We did not descend far. And when, after several hours, the sea was calmer, we decided to return to the surface. Here, however, new troubles developed, for the ship failed to respond to our directions 
in spite of what all the mechanics could do. As the men grew more frightened at this undersea imprisonment, some of them began to mutter about Lieutenant Cleanse's ivory image. But the sight of an automatic pistol calmed them. We kept the poor devils as busy as we could, tinkering at the machinery, even though we knew it was useless. One of the things that I'm liking with this mm-hmm. is with them keeping kind of dates and whatnot, and like you can feel the claustrophobia kind of building up. Yes. It's doing pretty good for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. Knowing that uh, Cleanse is becoming more and more authoritarian and more likely to just shoot people. Yeah. Um, also is adding tension. And we know that Lieutenant Cleanse does not make it to the time that uh, we first started the story at. Yeah. Two. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in... We're on July 2nd. And we still have better, well, almost a month and a half left Oof. before the beginning. Oof. Before. Yeah, so. It, I think they did a good job at putting that paragraph in the beginning. Yes. Because you're just like, wow, some weird shit's going to happen. And we're going through ba- pretty much like the, the, the dates when stuff started to happen. Mm-hmm. So it does a good job at kind of like building building tension. Yeah. You know something weird is going to happen. It's also kind of like a, like you found this log from this submarine. Yeah, it's kind of like, we'll, we'll get to it later. We'll get to yeah. it later. Yeah. By the way, this is going to be a longer one. <laughs> By the way. <coughs> I'm, about, I'm about halfway finished. But it actually goes, it actually reads pretty quickly. Yeah. This is actually one of the easier ones to read. Yeah. Well, it's not in like old timey English. Well. Color Out of Space, I should say, is the easiest to read. But this is the easiest, I think, I've, we've read in chronological order. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Terrible Old Man, but that wasn't too long. Yeah. More of a farce. Yeah. But this one does a pretty good job of keeping pace. Mm-hmm. Cleanse and I usually slept at different times, and it was during my sleep, about 5 a.m., July 4th, that the general mutiny broke loose. The six remaining pigs of seamen suspected that they were lost and suddenly burst into a mad fury at a refusal to surrender to the Yankee battleship two days before. They were in delirium of cursing and destruction. They roared like animals. They were, they roared like animals they were, and broke instruments and furniture indiscriminately, screaming about such nonsense as the curse of the ivory image and the dark, dead youth who looked at them and swam away. Lieutenant Clinton seemed paralyzed and ineffective, as one might expect of a soft womanish Rhinelander. I shot all six men for as necessary and made sure that none remained alive. I really want to know why this person that we're going, that we're talking through and reading, gets along with anyone. He's done nothing but insulted people. Well, so. I looked it up, so the um, Mueller. So he's actually from a part of France that's really close to Germany. And mm-hmm. Rhinelander re- refers to people from France. So he just really doesn't like French people. Well, I mean, or Americans, people- or uh, English people, 
really just yeah you're right he doesn't like anybody he doesn't even seem to like his own men <laughs> it's too it's too too french a german i guess what he's saying well you know cleanse he's soft and womanish <laughs> like the french he's got those full hips very very soft hands <laughs> his lips are full just real Kissable. good lips <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Plot twist: Cleanse was a woman the whole time. They they didn't notice for some they just, reason. Cleanse just said, "No, I'm a dude," and everybody was like, "Okay." It's like we're not going to check. That's that would be gay. <laughs> Rude. We expelled the bodies through the double hatches, which were alone at the U twenty nine. See, I told you. They could they could have fucking step in there. That's you know. true. Damn. Yeah, they could have. <laughs> I mean, okay, but here's the thing: they didn't have like, I don't. Would they have? Would they have the ability to remotely open the hatch though? Yeah, that's a good question. Hmm. I think so. I don't, I don't know. But you'd have to. I mean, they had the electronics yeah. and stuff to do it. Yeah, they would have had to. Because how would you remotely? Closed bulkheads of places that were flooded. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Oh thank God! It doesn't have to be murder suicide. It can just be a suicide. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's going to be more flashy if it's a murder suicide. That's true. I mean, you take some people out with you. It's not like you can be tried. Oh yeah. No. You know, just 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 invite some of the Kyles you stated. You stated. <laughs> yeah. Hmm? Bring They're one of the multiple Kyles. Listen, I've... <laughs> There's only been one, but yes. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, I want to make up. I want to be friends again. Surprise, bitch. <laughs> Murder, suicide, and the <laughs> world's <laughs> first undersea Olive, Olive Garden. Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever Fuck. you sign the waiver, is actually a pact saying that it's okay. <laughs> yeah. We expelled the bodies through the double hatches that were alone in the U-29. Clint seemed very nervous and drank heavily. It was decided that we remain alive as long as possible using the large stock of using the large stock of provisions and chemical supplies of oxygen, none of which had suffered the crazy antics of those swine-hound seamen. Our compasses, depth gauges, and other delicate instruments were ruined, though henceforth our only reckoning would be guesswork. Based on our watches, the calendar, and our apparent drift. As judged by any objects that might that we might spy through the portholes. Or from the uh, coning tower. Fortunately, we had a storage of batteries still capable of long use. Both for interior lighting and for searchlights. We often cast a beam around the ship, but saw only dolphins swimming parallel to our drifting course. I was scientifically interested in these dolphins, for though ordinary, for though the ordinary dolphinus dolphice uh, is a cretacean animal, unable to 
subsist without air. I watched one of the swimmers closely for two hours. I did not see him alter his submerged condition. The little, they, I don't know. They, they weren't dolphins. They were the mock dolphin fish. <laughs> that look exactly like dolphins, but aren't dirty sea rapists. Yes. Now I'm looking up how long dolphins can hold their breath. Probably a while. Hold their breath. One of the first ones. Let's see. What's the over under? I'm going to say it's an hour. No, what it's not you- very long, actually. Aww. I know whales have a long time. That's what oh, I was yeah. basing it off of. Yeah. But whales also are bigger and have bigger lungs. Maybe I should have took that into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> See, 15 minutes is the longest. That's not long. Why, why are you even in the ocean? Stop <laughs> it. Get legs. Pee on the land. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> You're dumb. Dolphins are dumb. I hate them. <laughs> Why would you be in the sea and only be able to breathe underwater for 15 minutes? <laughs> Cause That's bad. Because they're smarter than everything else there. Because they're also, cl- because they're smarter, they're dirty sea rapists. Yep. <laughs> it's sexist. They're actively sexist. Yep. Like, I'm not just saying that because of, like, oh, human morality. They, they actively, like, pick on and rape the, the, the female yep. of, the, of the pods. They they have rape caves. Yep. I'm not even joking. Like they're bad. Dolphins are really bad. We will add them to the list of animals that Jesse hates. Oh, Birds, I hate dolphins so horses, much. Horses and dolphins. Okay, okay. First off, I have an exception for birds. Birds that are too fat to fly. Yes. And Those I like are pretty really, good. I like really round birds. They don't have to be fat. They just have to be really round. Just the borbs? If they, borbs. If they have borbs. Like, I like kiwis. Borbs. Yes. Kiwis are very round. Also, way bigger than you think they are. They're about the they size are. of like. They are. They're huge. They're, <laughs> they're about the size of a cat, which is yeah. like way bigger than. I thought a kiwi was named after the fruit because they were small, like the. Thing. I don't. Okay. So that was probably <laughs> a dumb thing. <laughs> but I literally thought they were tiny birds because why would you name a fruit after them or name a bird after the fruit? <laughs> But that being said, why? Okay, I think I I'm just caught myself now. in like a like a three year old logic thing that I never corrected until like just a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like kiwis were like way smaller than what they actually are. It's true. I know. I always kind of imagine them that way, and then, well, which also makes their eggs, oh, which it, is they most are- of their body, even bigger. S- so they are actually named after kiwi birds because they were mostly cultivated in New Zealand. And they were like, wow, these look a lot like these kiwi birds. Well, I so, wanted it to be the so other the way. Fruit, so the fruit was named after the bird, not... Yeah. But the, I learned about the fruit before I learned about the bird, so obviously they're named after the fruit. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Oh, I love them. Because it'd, be it'd be dumb to do it any other way. Yeah. Because everyone learns the exact same rate as I do. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't realize that kiwis were bigger than what they thought they were until, I'm not joking, two days ago. (laughs) I I didn't learn until like a couple years ago, I think. Um, so, 
I also didn't learn that separate, like separate, separate spell with an E was, well, no, wait, separate. Now I'm lost. So I thought that separate with an A was a word. Wait, am I getting that right? How do you spell separate now? I forgot. It has an A. Okay. I thought separate with an E was a word. And I think it is. I think it's like difference between English and like American and English or something like that. American English and but I thought they were two separate meanings. Like effect and effect. Oh. (laughs) No, they mean the same thing. I learned that so late in my in in my thing. I also learned that uh Latveria, like the 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 fictional country in Marvel. Uh I learned that that wasn't a real thing (laughs) Um, when I was around 13. Um, I just thought people, I just thought Latvia was, everyone was spelling Latveria wrong. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) That's so funny. It's okay. I didn't know that baby carrots were made from bigger carrots. I thought that they grew like that. And I, like I was watching a How It's Made and I got so unbelievably angry about it. Well, well, but baby corn is like just tiny corn. Exactly. Like, it makes sense. It? Why doesn't it just grow? You could just pick it when it's a baby. But no, it's carved out of bigger uh, uh, carrots that don't look good enough. I'm. You know what? I'm honestly, I'm angry. I'm angry. That I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. But I'm very angry. That that's, that's I didn't not find fair. that out until probably like five years ago. And like I said, I was unbelievably angry. It was I like, be- I've been fucking lied to my whole life. I would be very upset. See, they shouldn't call it baby carrots. They should call it carved carrots. Yeah. Because baby corn is just tiny corn that they pick Yeah, early. I know that. <laughs> like, I know baby corn. <laughs> Wouldn't that be, like, such a such a reversal if it turned out baby corn was carved out of bigger corn? See, I I, I don't know how, but what if? <laughs> I picked I've picked baby corn off of a corn stalk okay. before. So <laughs> yeah, like I've I seen know it. I know that's how it works. That being said, is that a real memory? <laughs> is that what the government wants you to think? I don't know. They want to think us up they want to tell us that birds are real and we all know that they're not. <laughs> uh with the passage of time, Cleanse and I decided that we we're still drifting south sinking deeper and deeper. We noted the marine fauna and flora and read much on the subject in the books I have carried with me for spare moments. I could not help observing, however, the inferior scientific knowledge of my companion. His mind was not Prussian, but given to the imagining and speculations which have no value. The fact of our coming death affected him curiously and he would frequently pray in remorse over men, women, and children we sent to the bottom, forgetting all things are noble but serve the German state. After a time, he became noticeably unbalanced, gazing for hours at his ivory image and and weaving fanciful stories of the lost, forgotten things under the sea. Sometimes... As a psychological experiment, I would lead him on these wanderings and listen to his endless poetic quotations and tales of sunken ships. I was very sorry for him, for I disliked seeing a German suffer, but he was not a good man to die with. For myself, I was proud knowing 
that the fatherland would revere my memory and how my sons would be taught to be men like me. On August 9th, we espied the seafloor and sent a powerful beam from the searchlight over it. It was a vast, undulating plain, most covered with seaweed and strewn with the shells of small mollusks. Here and there were slimy objects of puzzling contour, draped with weeds and encrusted with barnacles, which Clins declared must be ancient ships lying in their graves. He was puzzled by one thing, a peak of solid matter protruding above the ocean bed, nearly four feet at its apex, about two feet thick, with flat sides and smooth upper surfaces, which met at a very obtuse angle. I called the peak a bit of outcropping rocks, but Clins thought he saw a car ring on it, and after a while he began to stutter and turn away from the scene as if frightened. Yet, could give no explanations, save that he was overcome with the vastness, darkness, remoteness, intricacy, and, and mystery of the oceanic abysses. His mind was tired, and I, always a German, was quick to notice two things, that the U-29 was standing the deep-sea pressure splendidly, and that the particular dolphins were still about us, even at a depth where existence of high organisms is considered impossible by most naturalists. That I previously overestimated our depth. I was sure, but nonetheless we must still be deep enough to make the phenomenon remarkable. Our southward speed, as gauged by the surf, our southward speed, as gauged by the ocean floor, was about as I estimated from the organisms past at higher levels. It was at three fifteen August second that poor Clins went wholly mad. He had been in the conning tower using the searchlight when I saw him bound into the library compartment, which I sat reading and his face at once betrayed him. I repeated, hear what he said, underlining the words he emphasized. He is calling. He is calling. I hear him. We must go. He spoke as he took his ivory image from the table and pocketed it, and seized my arms in an effort to drag me up the companionway on the deck. In a moment, I understood that he meant to open the hatch and plunge me into the water outside. A vagary of suicidal and homicidal mania, which I was scarcely prepared. As I hung back and attempted to soothe him, he grew more violent, saying, Come now, do not wait until later. It is better to repent and to be forgiven than to defy and be condemned. Then I tried the opposite of soothing, and I told him that he was mad pitifully demented and that but he was unmoved and cried if i am mad it is mercy may the gods pity the man who callously can remain sane in the hideous end come and be mad whilst he so calls with mercy the outburst seemed to relieve a pressure in his brain for as he finished he grew much milder asking me to let him depart alone if i would not accompany him my course at once became clear. He was a German, 
but only a Rhinelander and a commoner. He was now potentially dangerously mad. By complying with the suicidal request, I could immediately free myself of one who was no longer a companion but a menace. I asked him to give me the ivory image before he went, but this request brought him from such an un- brought from him such an uncanny laughter that I did that I did not repeat it. Then I asked him as then I asked him if he wished to leave any keepsake or a lock of hair for his family in Germany in case I should be rescued. But again he gave me that strange laugh. So as he climbed the ladder I went to the levers allowing the proper time intervals operated by the machinery which sent him to his death. After I saw that he was no longer in the boat, I threw the searchlight around in the water in an effort to obtain a last glimpse of him. Since I wished to ascertain whether the water pressure would flatten him as it theoretically should, or if the body would be unaffected, like those extraordinary dolphins. I did not, however, succeeded in finding my late companion, for the dolphins were massed thickly in obscuring the Coning Tower. That evening I regretted that I had not taken the ivory image surreptitiously from Clint's pocket as he left, for the memory of it fascinated me. I could, I could not forget the youthful, beautiful head, the leafy crown, though I am not by nature an artist. I was so sorry that I had no one with whom to converse. Cleanse, though not my mental equal, was much better than no one. I did not sleep well that night, and wondered exactly when the end would come. Surely, I had little chance of rescue. I feel like he should have thought about that before he just, uh, killed his friend. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, let's say. Let's say. You're alone on the bottom of the sea knowing that you're going to your death. Yes. And I'm there. And I'm just like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wet myself. And by that I mean (laughs) (laughs) by that I mean Listen, buddy, I don't I'm not gonna clean up after you. (laughs) No, 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 no. By wet I'm going to open up the I'm gonna open up the airlock. And you know, and you know you're going to be alone while you're dying. Uh-huh. Because die. This is the thing. Don't you think you would have liked, you know, I don't know, tied, tied me up or something until, like, I calmed down? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, something. Like, I feel like he should have known that. Yeah. Like, like, he's so smart. Why did he think of that? Be like, bro. Bro. You it's- can eat this Salisbury steak with me for dinner tonight. Yeah. I'm, you is, know, it, I just, is it our volleyball that we named Wilson? No. Yeah. He can't eat. <laughs> no. Also, like, you you have, like, so much food. Like, who are you going to sh- share it with him? You know? Yeah. You know. No, maybe maybe have him tell you stories. Apparently, he's real good at telling stories. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. You could you could have put... You have some... You have some manacles. You put other people in it. Yeah. So... Just saying, you know, I feel like you could have done something else. So Definitely. 
The next day I ascended to the conning tower and commenced the customary search-like explorations. Northward, the view was much the same as it had been all four days since we sighted the bottom, but I perceived that the drifting of the U-29 was less rapid. As I shrung the beam to the south, as I swung the beam to the south, I noticed that the ocean floor ahead fell away in a marked declick uh, in a marked declivity and bore curious or irregular blocks of stone in certain places, disposed as if in accordance to with definite patterns. Disposed as if in accordance with definite patterns, the boat did not at once descend to match the greater open depth. But I was soon to force to adjust the searchlight. So I was soon forced to adjust the searchlight to cast sharply downward beam. Owing to the abruptness of the change, a wire was disconnected, which necessitated a delay of many minutes for repairs. But at length, the light streamed on again, flooding the marine valley below me. I was not given to emotions of any kind. By my amazement, was very great when I saw what lie revealed in the electrical glow. Yet, as one reared in the best of Koltar, in the best Koltar of Prussia, I should not have been amazed, for the geology and tradition alike tells us of great transportation in oceanic and continental in oceanic and continental areas. What I saw was extended in elaborate way. What I saw was ex- was extended and elaborate array of ruined edifices. All magnificent through unclassified architecture, and in various stages of preservation, most appeared to be of marble, gleaming whitely in the rays of the searchlight. And the general plan of a large city was at the bottom of a narrow valley, with numerous isolated temples and villas on the steep slope above. Roofs were Fallen and columns were broken, but there still remained of air of ancient splendor, which nothing could efface. I can definitely tell where the um, the making fun of Germans popping up. Yeah, I love that H.P. Lovecraft is playing. So here's the thing with Germans, because uh, my father's family came over from Prussia in like the 1910s. Uh, so Prussians and Bavarians, so Western Germans and Eastern Germans, fucking hate each other. <laughs> they hate each other, and Prussians are stereotyped as being very stuck up. Yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not, no, like, I don't, I shouldn't feel emotions of, like, any kind. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I like, don't pers- stoop to that level. Like, yeah, but- and I've seen some great shit in Prussia, like, beautiful architecture. For some reason, this underwater city is making me feel things. I don't know why, because I shouldn't feel it. But like, yeah, I've seen every rad thing in Germany where all the rad things are. 
Duh. In fact, they shouldn't call it Deutschland. They call it really fucking Radland. <laughs> because that's what it is. <laughs> so, confronted at last with the Atlantis I formerly deemed largely a myth, I was the most eager of explorers at the bottom of that valley, a river once had flowed, for as I examined the scene more closely, I beheld the remains of stone and marble, bridges and sea walls and terraces and embankments, once verdant and beautiful. In my enthusiasm, it became nearly idiotic and sentimental as poor cleanse, and was very tardy in noticing that the southward currents had ceased at last, allowing the U-29 to settle slowly down upon the sunken city as an aeroplane settles upon a town in the upper earth. I was slow, too, in realizing that the school of unusual dolphins had, had vanished. In, in about two hours, the boat rested on a paved plaza close to a rocky wall of the valley. On one side, I could view the entire city as it sloped from the plaza down to the old river banks. On the other side, in startling proximity, I was confronted by the richly ornate and perfectly preserved facade of a great building, evidently a temple hollow from solid rock. One of the original workmanships of this titanic thing, I could only make conjectures. This facade of immense magnitude apparently covers a continuous hollow recesses, for its windows are many and widely disputed. For its, min for its windows are many and widely distributed. In the center yawns a great open door, reached by an impressive flight of steps, and surrounded by exquisite carvings like the figures of bacchanals in relief. Foremost, all of the great columns and friezes, both decorated with sculptures of inexpressible beauty, obviously portraying idealized pastoral scenes and processions of priests and priestesses, bearing strange ceremonial devices and adoration of a radiant god. The art is the most phenomenal perfection, largely Hel Hellenic in idea. It imparts the impression of terrible antiquity, as though it was the remotest rather than the immediate ancestor of Greek art. Nor can I doubt that every detail of the massive product was fashioned from the virgin hillside rock of our planet. It was palpably part of a valley wall. Though how the vast interior was excavated, I could not imagine. Perhaps a cavern or series of caverns furnished furnished the nucleus neither age nor submersion had corroded the pristine grandeur of this awful fane for fane indeed it must be and today after thousands of years it rests untarnished and in violence in the endless night and silence of the of an ocean chasm I cannot reckon the number of hours I spent gazing at the sunken city, with its buildings, arches, statues, buildings, and colossal temple, with its beauty and mystery. Though I knew 
that death was near. My curiosity was consuming. I threw the searchlight beam about an eager quest. The shaft of life permitted me to learn many details, but refused to show anything within the gaping doors of the rocky hewn within the gaping door of the rock hewn temple. And after a time, I turned off the current, conscious of the need of conserving power. The rays were now perceptibly dimmer than they had been during the weeks of drifting. As if sharpened by the coming deprivation of light, my desire to explore the watery secrets <laughs> grew. I, a German, should be the first to tread on these aeon-forgotten ways. Oh, boy. Man. Man, I bet some people <laughs> Silly people they are. One point, like, when they read this, be like, <laughs> Ha <laughs> Germans, they're bad, aren't they? Wait, shit. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we're gonna do so much reparations. They make oh, fuck, Nazis fuck. a thing. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> I produced and examined a deep sea diving suit of joined metal and experimented with a portable light and air generator. Though I should have trouble managing the double hatches alone, I believed I shall overcome all obstacles with my scientific <gasps> skill and actually walk about the dead city in person. Well, we're getting close to the end. On, on August 16th, I effected an F... On August 16th, I effected an exit from the U-29 and laboriously made my way through the ruined and mud-choked streets to the ancient river. I, f I found no skeletons nor human remains, but gleaned a wealth of archaeological lore from sculptures and coins. From this I can now speak, save to utter my awe at a culture in full noon of glory, when cave dwellers roamed Europe, and the Nile, flo uh, the Nile flowed unwatched to the sea. Others, guided by this manuscript, if it shall ever be found, much unfold the mysteries which I can only hint. I return to the boat as my electri electrical battle, as my electric batteries grew feeble, resolved to explore the rock temple on the following day. On the 17th, as my impulse to search out the mystery of the temple waxed still more insistently to a, disappoint a disappointment befell me, for I found the material needed to replenish the Portable light had perished in the mutiny of those pigs in July. My rage was unbound, yet my German sense forbade me to venture unprepared into an utterly black interior, which might prove the lair of some indescribable marine monster or labyrinth of passages from whose windings I could never extricate myself. All I could do was turn on the waning searchlight of the U-29, and with it, and with its aid, walk up the temple stairs and study the exterior carvings. The shaft light entered the door at an upward angle. I peered in to see if I can glimpse anything, but all was in vain. Not even the roof was visible. Though I took a single step or two, Inside, after testing the floor with the staff, 
I dare not go any further. Moreover, for the first time in my life, I experienced the emotion of dread. I began to realize how some of poor Cleans's mood has arisen. For as the temple grew more and more, I feared its aqueous abysses. I feared its aqueous abysses with a blind and mounting terror. Returning to the submarine, I turned off the lights and sat to think in the dark. Electricity must now be saved for emergencies. Saturday, the 18th, I spent in total darkness, tormented by my thoughts and memories that threatened to overcome my German will. Cleanse had gone mad and perished before reaching this sinister remnant of a past unwholesomely remote, and had devised me and had advised me to go with him. Was indeed fate preserving my reason, only to draw me irresistibly to an end more horrible and unthinkable than any man had dreamed of. Clearly, my nerves were sorely taxed, and I must cast off these impressions, weaker men. I could not sleep Saturday night, and turned off the lights regardless of the future. I could not sleep Saturday night and turn on the lights regardless of the future. It was annoying that the electricity should not last out the air in provisions. I revived my thoughts of euthanasia <laughs> and examined my automatic pistol. Oh, hell yeah. Do it, coward. Fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. Do it on the bottom of the ocean. Like, like go out like, in really your con- suit and shoot yourself. Confuse someone so like, much. That would be so confusing. They're like, why didn't like, he just, just take like- his fucking helmet off? Why didn't he just... There were so many ways to do this. Oh. Like, fucking do it, coward. Like, do it in a way that would confuse people so badly in the future that they're just like, okay, there's like this this temple, and it's like, like, this is Atlantis, but like, why is there a German U-boat, and why is there a guy inside this temple on the third floor with a clear gunshot wound? They're like, who shot him? He's all alone. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so metal. Kill yourself yeah. with a hot per- harpoon gun? Like, pointed toward your heart, go, ah, like, underwater. Yeah. And, like, there'd be no yeah. fingerprints, because, like, yes. you know, water washed that shit away, so. Dying in by Atlantis the way, add that by to a your, harpoon. Uh, possible list of things. Dying in an underwater sea by yourself. Yes. Dying in Atlantis by a harpoon gun by yourself, far away from it. anything that could have taken you there. Make a biodegradable... S- Make a biodegradable submarine and then walk to, <laughs> walk to Atlanta. That's another thing. I mean, it's not at all of garden. Towards the morning, I must have dropped to sleep with the lights on, for I awoke in darkness yesterday afternoon to find the batteries dead. I struck several matches in succession and desperately regretted the improvidence which caused us long ago to use up the few candles that we carried. After the fading last match I dared to waste, I sat quietly, without light, as I considered the inevitable end of my mind, ran over preceding events, and developed a hitherto dormant impression, which would have caused weaker and more superstitious men to shudder. The head of the radiant god in the sculptures in the rock tunnel is the same the carven bit of ivory which the dead sailor brought with him from the sea and poor cleanse carried back 
into the sea. I was a little dazed at the, by this coincidence, but did not become terrified. It was only the interior, inferior thinker who hastens to explain that singular and complex. It is only the inferior thinker who hastens to explain the singular and complex by the primitive shortcut of supernaturalism. Say that to people in your own country like just a year later. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yep. Your people in the 1800s thought werewolves were like the best goddamn thing in folk heroes. Yes. We're- like, come on. In the 1800s, when uh, British people wouldn't eat tomatoes, they thought it would summon werewolves and also they would poison them. Yeah. Because, like, like, Germans are just like, yum, 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 just werewolves, make me a werewolf. <laughs> make me a werewolf. Oh, oh, please. By the way, I'm not lying about that. They they did yes. view uh, werewolves as heroic uh, figures. Yep. Um, one of the few countries in Europe at the time who thought that. Why it's, and it's why it's also, like, not as weird when, in True Blood, they have a, had a bunch of Nazi werewolves. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's not actually not that, not that weird when you think about yep. it. True Blood, you know, watch it. It's it's trash. It's fun. <laughs> it's trashy TV. Like, it's fun. Like like what like what if you had gore and boobs and like dangers and like real hot people, you know? Everybody's real hot in that show. Yeah. Also, like you you could hear a person with a really bad accent say "suck it, suck it." Um, <laughs> um, the coincidence was strange, but I was too sound a reasoner to connect circumstances which emit of no logical connection or associate in any uncanny fashion the disastrous event which had led from the victory affair to my present feeling and need for more rest i took a sedative and secured some more sleep my nervous condition was reflected in my dreams for i seemed to have heard the cries of drowning persons to see dead faces pressing against the portholes of the boat and among the dead faces was the living, mocking face of the youth with the ivory image. I must be careful now. I record my waking today, for I'm unstrung and had much hallucinations. It is necessary to. And much hallucinations is necessarily mixed with facts. Psychologically, my case is most interesting, but I regret it cannot be observed scientifically by a competent German authority. Upon opening my eyes, my first sensations was an overmastering desire to visit the rock temple, a desire which grew every instant, which, which I automatically sought to resist through some emotion of fear, which operated in the first direction. Next came to me the impression of light amidst the darkness of dead batteries. I seemed to see a sort of a sort of phosphorescent glow in the water through the portholes which opened towards the temple. This aroused my curiosity. This aroused my curiosity, for I knew no deep sea organism capable of emitting such luminosity. But before I could investigate, there came a third impression, which, because of its irrationality, caused me to doubt the object. The objectivity of anything my senses I record. It was an oral delusion, a sensation of rhythmic, melodic 
sound as if some wild yet beautiful chant or choral hymn coming from outside through the absolute soundproof hole of the U-29. Convinced of my psychological and nervous abnormality, I lighted some matches and poured a stiff dose of sodium bromide solution, which seemed to calm my nerves to the extent of dispelling the illusion of sound. But the phosphorescence remained, and I had difficulty representing a childish impulse to go to the porthole and seeking its source. It was horribly realistic, and I could soon distinguish it aid the familiar objects around me, and as well as the empty sodium bromide glass of which I had no former visual impressions in its present location. The last circumstance made me ponder. I crossed the room and touched the glass. It was indeed the place where I seemed to see it. Now I knew that the light was either real or part of hallucination, so fixed and so consistent that I had no hope to dispel it. So abandoning all resistance, I ascended to the conning tower to look for the luminous agency. Might it not be actually another U-boat offering some possibility of rescue? Is well that the reader accept nothing which follows as objective truth. For since the events transcend natural law, they are necessarily the subjective and unreal creation of my overtaxed mind. When I attained the conning tower, I found the sea in general far less luminous than I expected. There was no animal or vegetal phosphorescence uh, about it. The city that had sloped down to the river was invisible in blackness. What did I see? What I did see was not spectacular or grotesque or terrifying. Yet it removed my last vestige of trust in my consciousness. For the door and windows of the undersea temple, hewn from the rocky hill, was vividly aglow with a flickering radiance, as from a mighty altar flame far within. Later incidences were chaotic. Later incidents are chaotic. As I stared at the uncannily lighted door and windows, I became subject to the most extravagant visions, visions so extravagant that I cannot relate them. I fancied that I discerned objects in the temple, objects both stationary and moving, and seemed to hear again the unreal chants that had floated to me when first I awakened. Over all rose thoughts of fears which centered in the youth from the sea. In the ivory image, whose carving was duplicated on the friezes and columns of the temple before me, I thought of poor Cleanse and wondering where his body rested. With the image, he carried back into the sea. He had warned me of something, and I had not heeded that he was a soft-headed Rhinelander who went mad as troubles a Prussian could bear with ease. Way to, like, just... Do an insult right at the end, dude. Yeah. Like, come on. <sighs> yeah, so the rest was very simple. My impulse to visit and enter the temple is now an inexplicable and imperious command, which ultimately cannot be denied. My own German will no longer controls my acts, and volition is hence 
forward, possible only in minor manners. Such madness was which drove Cleanse to his death, bareheaded and unprotected in the ocean. But I am a Prussian and a man of sense, and will use my last. It will use to last what little will I have. When first I saw that I must go, I prepared my diving suit, helmet, and air regenerator for instant donning, and immediately commenced to write this hurried chronicle in the hope that it may some day reach the world. I shall seal the manuscript in a bottle and entrust it to the sea as I leave the U-29 forever. I have no fear, not even from the prophecies of the madman cleanse. What I have seen I cannot be true, and I know that this madness of my own will at most only leads to suffocation when my ear is gone. The light in the temple is a sheer delusion, and I shall die calmly like a German in the black and forgotten depths. This demonic laughter which I hear as I write comes only from my own weakening brain, so I shall carefully don my diving suit and walk boldly up to the steps onto the primal shrine that the silent secret of the unfathomed water and uncounted years. That was a good that one. That was a really good one. That was a real good one. Um, now, um, yes, that can be a real good video game. Yes. I'm just calling it right here. Yep. Like, you just do, like, one of those, like, like I don't know, like, you know, you have, like, a sanity thing, and, like, maybe, like, it, maybe it's, like, a, um, you have to do, like, some, like, uh, social stuff in it to try to keep the crew, like, feeling better and everything, and the, uh, and, uh, like, as you lose more and more people, like, the, the creepier stuff gets. And then you have, like, I mean, and then, of course, like, you finally get to the bottom of the sea, and then you get to, like, explore it with limited supplies and everything. Then it becomes, like, a supply thing. But it, you're meant to die at the end, of course. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, now, I do think that a weakness of the story is, is they didn't have, like, something spooky at the end, you know? Yeah. This was more like a dreamland story where, like, there's not necessarily something spooky. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like, you know, describing a bunch of stuff. And also, I feel like the people were very picky. Yeah. When they said that there was bizarre occurrences that don't tie together. Yeah. Obviously, something weird is happening. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like any of that was like really off the wall, like um, thematically. No, like all of it, like all of it seemed to like fit. Um, I do like how it seems to have, like, it seems to, like, kind of tie into, like, the weirdness of Dagon, but, like, yes. it's under sea. Mm-hmm. Um, which we'll get more. Yeah, we'll get more, more of that. Uh, this is probably, like, the that. beginning of when he started writing, like, after Dagon, of course, when he started writing more um, stories about how spooky the deep sea is. And, and the inherent eroticism of the yeah. sea. <laughs> the inherent eroticism. <laughs> Of the sea, because because obviously, like what was what what uh, Cleanse was actually doing 
was he wasn't like going mad and wanting to kill himself. He just wanted he just wanted to get in that sea. He wanted to get all up in that sea's guts. He wanted to get into it. Like, like he wanted he wanted to get he wanted to get wetted and like wet. <laughs> if you know what uh. I mean. <laughs> so <laughs> Christ. But yeah, this is actually a pretty good yes. one. I will say that this I, this one's going up there. Yeah. We I feel like we are we are continuously finding very good stories that we're not 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 really talking yeah. about. Yeah, like um actually like the last three that we've read, um the temple, the um the tree, Cats the Cats of, of Ulthar, and what was the other one we read? Uh Silphares. Silphares, yeah. yeah. They're all, they're all pretty good. Like, Silpharis has, like, some acclaim and stuff to it, mm-hmm. but only when you're really talking about the Dreamland stuff. And the Dreamland stuff isn't, like, the most popular yeah. of Lovecraft stuff. Like, it's not, people tend to go for his, like, horror stuff more, mm-hmm. but it's definitely up there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of, uh, this is the 20th episode, <gasps> by the way. Ooh. So, I forgot what we were going to, I forgot what I was, what we were going to do introduce the inherent eroticism of the sea no that's always been in there that's inherent <laughs> it's just a part um, of hp lovecraft that's a part of any sort of writing introduce? i don't mm, remember i don't know i'm too tired i don't remember either we'll figure it out later um so but yeah so i would like to remind you of the top 10 okay and we'll We'll find out where it's supposed to be. We'll f- so so we have Dagon as number one, the white ship, the color out of space, statement of Randolph Carter, uh, memory, the cats of Uthar, of Ulthar, the tree, Cephalus, Polaris, and beyond the wall of sleep. Okay, <sighs> that's the thing. Like we have a lot of really good ones in the top. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like it's. Like unless we get some like shit ones later, I soon. think our like, next it's gonna one's be probably going to be shit. <laughs> mm, yeah, it might be. We definitely know the rats in the wall is going to be down there oh, as well. Yeah, or it's or it's going to be. It might be one of those like it's. We good, just have but to also, change like, the name of one stuff. character. <laughs> it might be because it is it is a story about like H.P. Lovecraft and his cat, like you know, on Spooky Adventure, which sounds wonderful. Yeah. if you, you know. Okay, um, I might say it's above the wall of sleep, beyond the wall of yes. sleep. Yes, yeah, I agree. It has, it, it, it has classism, but less, like, it doesn't mention like it every two words. It's dumb German classism, though. <laughs> and it's making fun, it's making fun of white people. Which is so funny, class. coming from a Prussian. Because guess what? Most Prussians were poor farmers. <laughs> I would know, yeah. because my great-grandparents were poor farmers from Prussia. <laughs> Because uh, um, rereading Polaris very recently for the audiobook, Polaris is still really good. I know that it's just that last. It's like the second to last sentence that ruins it. That's it. Everything else about it is fantastic. It's just that last paragraph. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Temple's better than the Beyond the Wall of Sleep. Yes, definitely. Um, because I like the descriptions of a lot of stuff. This is more of a describing book, um, which I'm, which both of us are very into. Yes. Um, I also like that it had like kind of a ticking 
time bomb type thing. Yeah. Like, it was just like, eh. we know when when everything was going to end. Yeah. And, when, and we knew it wasn't going to end tick, well. Tick, 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 tick. Yes. And it helped. It, it helped kind of help, like, add to everything. Because we know he was alone. Mm-hmm. And we know that he was on the bottom of the stage. Yeah. Woo. And we got we got to it. So I think we're pretty much done. Yeah. Um, this is gonna be our so this is technically our longest episode. Wow. I might cons- I might reconsider just putting uh, all of the color out-, out of space into one thing. <laughs> yeah. We would like to remind you that whether you're on the top of the sea or the bottom of the sea, the sea is still inherently erotic. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh,